Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Doug, what's a good word, fam? Man, everything good, Prez. They finally sent me my um my driver's license, man, in the mail, so I'm cool, bro. Oh, okay, there you go. I got to do that joint, too, because my, my sucker, it uh, renews uh, in June. Yeah, yeah, get it out the way, bro, because you know how it is the DMV. You already know. I don't want to see no problems. I don't want to see no smoke. I do not want to spend no time in no DMV. Man, what's crazy about me, the DMV, bro, I had to wait outside. Remember when it was snowing that day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, it was a long line outside, bro. It was crazy, man. But got it done, though, so I'm glad that's over with, man. So how long was that wait? I guess I just got to ask for the audience. How long was that wait? That line wait, man, that line wait was about an hour long, man, that line wait, for sure. You know what? That, that, is, that, that ain't too bad. I had somebody that told me they was trying to get a replacement driver's license because they had to um, apply for a last-minute passport. Dude said he was in line for three hours, bro. Ooh, three hours, man. I ain't go, I ain't go that route, man. <laughs> I'm just glad that wasn't that bad for me. Yeah, he, he said it wasn't no, I'll come back another day. He was like, that was his last day that he could get it. So he was like, I, I had to stay in that line. So, so I'm taking your advice, A-Dub. I'm going ahead and knocking this stuff out now. So that way I'm not waiting till the last minute. Right, because I went early in the morning, Prison. I'm like, you know, go early in the morning, bro, if you're going to decide to go. Because once you get in, they get you out pretty fast. Yeah, I think that's what I'll, that's going to be my play. Because what time they open, like 8 o'clock or something like that? Yep, 8 o'clock, yep. Shit, I'll be that first person at that window. Going <laughs> about the right way, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, audience, we got a lot to unpack on this show today. Very excited. But before we get into our sports portion of the discussion, got to hit y'all with our recaps of Power Book, episode seven and eight. The A Dub. The last episode we talked to the audience about. We talked about CBI and Vic Flynn. They were all cutting ties with Tommy because they had to bury their close friends and partners and stuff over the Serb territory. Right. We also talked about the fact that Tommy and Claudia rolled out Dahlia and everything's going smoothly. But the fact that Claudia married a powerful family friend after she tried to take back her deal on him distributing Dahlia, and we talked about that in the last episode, just no audience. 
there's going to be some prices to pay for some of those actions. I'm just trying to tell y'all. I'm just trying to tell y'all. So, Man, you the right. But when we look at episode seven, Doug, this is when we really see the ins and outs of how they roll out Dolly on the streets. That's when you see everything, man. You see how how they moving the clubs now, Perez, how they getting out there. You see how Tommy moving forward with how he getting it all chopped up and getting that mm -hmm. money ready and getting it out there. So it's like they're moving fast with it, man. And also, too, Doug, as expected, people fell in love with this version, right? I mean, you see that everybody, when they get that first hit, it looks like they have some paradise. I'm like, man, I ain't never looked <laughs> like that. Hit no damn weed. I was like, what the? <laughs> and I don't right. listen to other stuff, but I was like, boy, whatever that is, that looks like it's taking it to a good place. Right. I said, I don't want to go that place right there, man. I'm good. I don't want to get hooked on nothing like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell Tommy, anytime he thinks about dying, anytime he knows anything about dying, that man has the biggest. You will never see Tommy smile unless he's got something to do with dying. Right. <laughs> Yeah, man, Tommy brighten up, man. He brightened up big time, man. Like, oh, Dolly, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. But um, I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to just think about just some of the things that I wanted to to talk about from the episode because it's, it's a lot, man. Because one thing we do see is uh, Lauren and, and Liliana. We see how them, them two are like kind of getting a little close. You see how they were like talking and, and getting a little chatty, but then Liliana also had to let her know at the same time, like, hey, don't get too comfortable now. I'm, I'm still a gangster. And we, we kind of teased this last episode, but Jannard, he is not resting on this Tommy situation. We told the audience last week, hey, DMAC, once he realized that Tommy was connected to his pops, he's like, man, I can't do this. Gave him back his bread. Like, nope, I don't want anything to do with this. But then DMAC also took it a step further and even told Tommy to watch his back and to have his burner on him at all times. It's like, hey, look, he gave Tommy that big warning. He probably don't even know how Tommy and his pops know each other, but he just knows that, hey, that's somebody that my pop knows. I don't want this person to get hit. You know what I mean? And I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think with each episode, though, A-Dub, we get closer and closer to the possibility of D-Mac actually getting to meet his father. Absolutely. We're getting very close, man. And uh, matter of fact, with that even being said, it shows you that also Tommy is also looking into him as well, to D-Mac, right? Who this kid really is, trying to connect the dots himself. But you're right, D-Mac is also, you know what I'm saying, the way the storyline is going, is going to eventually come out there and show that who he, who he really is to his father. No, I mean, that's totally a fair point. And that's pretty much what, what the, the path that we're actually going down. I mean, because we're getting closer yep. and closer to seeing exactly what, what's going to happen here. Now, we also teased the part with JP. You know, JP... He's got money issues. He's got a lot of drama going on in his life. He's looking for a way to try to get himself out of there. And we talked about it. Tommy does not want JP to really get involved. But as we start right. to see, JP started to get a little bit involved now with the business. He's in there now with Liliana. You see Liliana. She got a thing for <laughs> JP. She like the way he speaks. Yeah, she all on him, man. I know the time you were looking at them too, like, hey, don't don't start no trouble in this kitchen, man. <laughs> <laughs> what Liliana said, she was like, man, your mother, she made some good looking men. I was like, damn, Liliana, you all here thirsty. Yeah, she is, man. Remember, she already said she didn't like white guys, right? So she always right. made it clear to talk. She was like white guys. But hey, look, the brother, he ain't white, bro. <laughs> he no, mixed. No, no he <laughs> so, mixed. Well, hey, he, he on the list now, Press. Right. <laughs> On the list, on the menu, I'm telling you, look, if you saw Liliana's body language, boy, she was feeling them vibes, bro. Yeah, she was, man. She was all on him, bro. One of the things, though, when you look ahead 
to some of these other episodes now, especially episode eight. I was speechless, man, at the end of this damn episode because one thing that this new series has not shot away from, A-Dub, is bloodshed and violence, bro. There's been people getting lit up on this damn. What it was, though, when you saw that death happen, now you probably going to see a side of Vic that's going to come out. He probably going to show you, like, nah, ain't no punk. You know, right, Vic, right. Vic, Vic, I think he grind me with it now. That's what I want to see, Perez. I want to see him get like his pop did one time, man, when he shopped them serves. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I tell you one thing, man, in the audience, I'm telling on myself, back in the day when, when your boy Perez used to smoke a little bit, now y'all know, you know, when that weed hitting you nicely and you're getting that nice little slow burn going. Well, that's how I feel like season one of this, how the series has been. It's taking its time to get to the point of the story. But I tell you one thing, boy. These moving parts are starting to get closer and closer. A-Dub is starting to connect. Yeah, man, starting to connect big time, man. I mean, think about it. We're talking about Jay when it comes down to, you know, them over and Gary, right? We start to see how that's unfolding. They yep. want to take over. Um, we start to see how this Dallas stuff is going to work now that Tommy kind of got a thing in place with um, – well, how did they want to go public with it and putting the, you know, putting the door out there? Like, hey, look, this is our thing. This is what we're doing. So you're starting to see all these things, like you say, Perez, kind of coming out, man. And you know what I said earlier about Dahlia, right? So now you got all these key players, and now we're starting to learn about all these people, all their different motives and what they're trying to get out of this. But Dahlia is going to bring all these people together, and they don't even realize it. It's going to be a collision course for the last couple episodes of this season. <laughs> I like how you just said that, bro. How Dallas gonna bring everybody together, man? Because that's what it is right there. That's the middle, that's the centerpiece of everything right now, man. Dahlia, where can we get this from? Who got it? Yeah, because think about it. Tommy and Claudia, they had created something that's so powerful that the whole damn city talking about it. Everybody wants in on it. Everybody wants in, bro. And they said before, it's a game changer, right? That's what it is. It's changing the game. Now, this is also another thing, too. I'm wondering. How are they going to be able to keep up with all this demand and cut that drug that's only the four of them? That's the only thing that I'm sitting up here thinking about. I'm like, y'all going to need more hands on deck. For real, man. For real. I mean, adding a brother, and then you see how him and Lee had to look at each other, man. They <laughs> mess around be, be sleeping on their job, friends. So you're right. They probably going to need more hands on deck, man. Well, I give JP his props, though, man, because that dude, he's really smart. And you can tell he's eager. He wants to learn, but he also he wants to put in some work. He don't want no handouts, and I respect that about him. Yeah, he, he, I agree with you, Perez. I mean, the guy wouldn't pay his own dues, man. Like, look, I don't want nobody to give me nothing for free. I got to earn it. So I got nothing against that. A, a man want to be a man in that way. And I know Tommy, as I mentioned in the last episode, is reluctant to have people that he cares about being involved in the game. But JP is somebody that he knows, that he trusts, and it's better than having him there than some random person off the street. That's true, too. And the thing is also, Perez, you can also keep an eye on JP and try to keep him safe the best way you can. So, I mean, with him being out there, you know, at the bar and all that stuff, that's all behind Tommy's back, right? Tommy don't know what's going on on that note. So, but he's trying his best, man, because he know what he does, right? He's a drug dealer. Tommy's a drug dealer. So now it's all about, hey, people know that you're close to me. Well, may find out you're close to me. It's my job to keep you safe. And I know I always make fun of JP, A-Dub, audience. I still got to tell y'all, though, man, I think he's a really good guy. I mean, if you think about all the stuff that he's been through and how he still makes time for the grandmother, right, and how he makes time for other people, man, that, that's a sign of somebody that's got a good heart, man. And so I, I, I want to make sure that y'all know that I think JP's a good guy. I just made fun of him a little bit in the show because he do got a lot of damn problems. 
<laughs> That's true though, my man. But I think you're right. You talk about being a good guy, friends, because he always trying to encourage Tommy to call his mom and all that stuff, you know, and got these family photos, putting all that stuff together, you know, family oriented in a way. So yeah, JP got a soft spot for family. We talked about episode seven, how D-back reached out to Tommy and made sure that Tommy knew, keep your burn on you, make sure you're good because he knows that Tommy and his pops are cool. But Tommy being who Tommy is after D-Mac has befriended him, because that was something that we hadn't really talked about yet. When D-Mac came up, he's like, look, he's looking to get put on. He showed Tommy, hey, right. I got all these math skills. I could be useful. And Tommy's looking at him like, damn, how'd you do that shit? You like a walking calculator, right? <laughs> right. But Tommy's also not the type of person to be stupid. So he also kind of keeps an eye on folks. So what did he do, Dub? He follows D-Mac. Yep. He follows D-Mac. He sees and finds out, oh, shit. This is JP's son. Yeah, my nephew. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? I wonder what he's going to do with that information. Is he going to keep him close? Is he going to confront him about it? What are he going to do? Is he going to say something to JP? Right, right. That's the thing I want to see, Fred. That dialogue right there between, you know, Tommy and the kid, man. What they gonna do? What they gonna talk about? Because the thing is, Tommy know now. So what do you say? What do you say? You know, and all this other stuff. Where you living at? And all this other stuff may come to play. Who knows, right? But it's like more that dialogue about okay, who you are, we found. So the last episode, D Max seems like a good kid, man. He just seems like he's lost. And you and I, you know, we come from the South Side. We've seen people like that shit. At one point in our lives, you and I were those kids that were a little lost out here trying to figure shit out. And D-Max, no different. Smart kid. No different. And I love finding out how smart he was. He just was dealt a bad hand. And it seems like he's That's trying to make the most of his opportunities out here. Right. It doesn't appear that his dad knows who he is, right? He doesn't. I mean, when they, no. Right. No. So, therefore, he's kind of like out in the streets on his own, right, Perez? And could use some guidance, right, from his father or whoever, right? And he don't have that guidance. So, you're right, man. A lot of people in the inner city don't have that kind of guidance, man, and get caught up in tough situations like the kid is in, right? So it's unfortunate though, but um, hopefully he's able to figure it out. And we also see the D-back is reluctant to approach JP. You see that, right? And we saw that on previous yep. episodes. But now that Tommy knows the deal, like I said earlier, I'm wondering if he's going to try to bridge the gap and try to get a relationship going because I'm looking at this. Imagine Tommy, JP, and D-Mac all working together. Man, that should be deadly than a motherfucker, boy. Yes, it would be, Prez. A lot of smart people there. And in addition to that, Tommy, throughout the whole time of being a part of power, you saw how he was with Ghost and his family. Tommy's always been looking for a family, right? Because the relationship between him and his mother was, you know, for lack of better words, just wasn't a good relationship. Right. And so now seeing Tommy open up to JP and Liliana, that's dope. Now, we know no one's ever going to replace Ghost because that relationship to him was just like, that was his brother. Right, right. Correct. But I would say in this new chapter, though, it's nice to see that Tommy's opening himself up and trying to, you know, build relationships with some new folks. Yeah, you know, he, I think he is. You're right, Press. He is opening himself up, man, to build that relationship. I mean, like you said, what he's been doing for Liliana based upon their history, JP. I mean, you just kind of see it, right? Like, Tommy's really, you know, um, looking out for the individual. I mean, he'll do anything for Liliana, as you can see, right? I mean, she in trouble. he go <laughs> handle business to make sure she's safe, man. So... Tommy's man, is on another mission right there when it comes down to family, man, and bringing the circle together. And vice versa, because she got his back, too. Yep. 
And I'm yeah, saying, you know, you're right, man. She got his back. She would do anything for Tommy, man. She'll tell me anything. She'll go do anything he say do. She'll do it, like, without a doubt. Like, I'm, I'm in it with you, dude. Like, I'm with you all the way. And he can trust her. I mean, you really can see the trust right there because if she don't feel, she feel a certain way about somebody, she'll tell Tommy, he'll look, okay, I'm going to consider what you just shared, you know? Yep. Well, they come a long way from trying to kill each other, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally agree with you, bro, right there. But she's competent and she's loyal, and I think that that's huge. And they are a nice little duo as well. But what I fear, I ain't going to tell y'all all this, but I'm just telling you, I would hate to see somebody else that Tommy's close to not making it through the end of this season. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, man, you don't want to see the, 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 the wrath of Tommy, man. You don't want to see Tommy go crazy. No, no, no. Because we already, because you already talked about earlier, the big cliffhanger that we saw for this episode was when Gloria was killed, and we gonna see Vic. Vic gonna fucking come on hinge, bro. Yeah, he is, man. And he think about this here: when Claudia, I'm sorry, when Gloria Pat got killed right in that car accident from the serves. Remember, before that, he was kind of upset with Tommy, you know, because Tommy didn't tell him the full story about what happened between him and his father, right? right. His father tried to recruit him, right? Yep. <laughs> so to recruit Tommy. And Tommy's like, hell no, I ain't going with you, man. Walter, you own something, man. I know your lingo. I'm not going to do that. So he went to try to notify, you know, uh, you know, uh, Vic to let him know what's going on here. But he didn't tell Vic the whole full story, right? So now Vic thinking that I can't trust Tommy either, you know. And then all of a sudden, Glory get killed. Uh-oh. Now we got trouble. So what is going to happen now between Vic and Tommy? Where are they going to go from here, friends? Yeah, I don't know, because that's a good point, because you see Tommy reached out to Vic and was like, hey, look, you and Gloria need to get up out of here. Gave him a whip, right. took the GPS out there. He said, get up out of here, man. Your dad got no good intentions for it, because you're right. Walter Flynn has been letting everybody know that he hates Gloria. Anybody and everybody. Right. Yep. And what he said? When he met with Tommy, he said she is not long for this world. Honestly, I don't think that Walter had anything to do with Gloria's death. Just my opinion. No, I don't think either, though. I don't think either, man. I think that this whole thing between us, I think, my opinion, <laughs> with the service, man, that's another thing right there, right? The yep. service are in war with everybody right now. So, uh, Tommy, um, you know, uh, Vic and his crew, Walter, you know, their, their crew, it's like, man, it, it's crazy right now. So, I think that may probably would lead to Gloria, you know, uh, getting killed. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking, Prince. And listen, Walter's a horrible human being, but I don't think that he would do that to his son. He didn't want his son to no. be with her, but I don't think he would have ordered her. He was just talking a lot of shit, making threats, but she could leave him alone. That's all. That's all he's doing, talking. You know how it is, man, talking big stuff. Hey, man, leave that girl alone. She ain't going to be part of this family. I ain't going to make her part of this family. <laughs> so yeah. he's trying to make his son not be with her. But he has chance to want to kill her if he wanted to, right? Plenty of times mm -hmm. he wanted to do something to mm -hmm. her. So I'm with you, Perez. I don't think he had anything to do with it. And also, too, shout out to Tommy, because Tommy backed away from the situation when he realized, like, damn, Vic's in love with this chick. This chick's in love with him. And Tommy's a sucker for love. He's always has been, deep down inside. He's got a soft spot, bro. Yep, he does, man. Tommy does. And he proved it, too. When he gave him, like you said, when he gave him the keys to the vehicle and said, get the hell out of here with your girl, dude, he proved that point right there. And this is the thing, too. This is what made me frustrated with Vic, because he didn't take Tommy's warning seriously. You know what I mean? And that was the thing that could have saved this girl. If he would have listened to Tommy and got up out of there, none of that would have happened. Had a new vehicle, a different vehicle, right? Could have been on his way out of here. Uh-huh. Now, Uncle Polly, as they call him, right? Yep, this Uncle Polly. He always pulling up with little nuggets, right? Little nuggets of advice. <laughs> and what do he do? He goes and talks to Vic, right? 
That's what did it right there, right? That yep. talk with Pauly and Vic, and that just set Vic off. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, yeah, because he was, he was trying to be helpful, had no idea what Tommy did, and so his words just made Vic just doubtful, right? And you don't need that because Vic's right. always going to side with family over an outsider like Tommy. Agreed all the time, man. And I'm not mad at Vic. I I, I totally get it. He just had two different stories, right? And one of them he like. <laughs> so because mm-hmm. he didn't get the is, whole man. story from Tommy. There you go. He didn't get that whole story, man. I think Tommy, that's why Tommy may have felt that right there that may have caused some friction between him and Vic going forward. And also, too, I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah, not listening to Tommy was a fatal mistake because he lost his girl. I thought Ben Gloria kind of deserved better than the hand that she was dealt here. I mean, because I thought she could have been a really interesting backstory because really the only thing that developed for her character was being a love interest for Tommy and for Vic and clashing with Walter and the Flins. Yeah, man, I thought she could have had more because, you know, because she has a bar, right? And I thought they could have done something probably with that bar. Who knows, right? But her being the type of person she is, the knowledge she has, friends, about Vic and, and, and the Flins all together – I thought that maybe she could have played an integral part in all this stuff. So, you know, I didn't. she could have been a, a, a point, like you said, in this story. And when I look at this whole situation, Gloria knew her worth. And she made Vic earn it. I mean, shit, when she, when she started going after Tommy, she was letting Vic know, like, okay, if you're not going to man up, that's fine. That's your loss. You know what I mean? And it forced Vic to realize, no, I got to fight for her. And Vic, he was willing to risk it all for this woman. Yeah, you're right, man. She actually made Vic step his game up and be his own man, really. That's what she did. She mm-hmm. told him, like, look, you can't be in your father's shadow and being baby by your father, being ran down by your father. You got to step up, man. And you know what? I got to give it to Vic, though, bro. And this is the thing. I'm telling you, my heart of hearts, I think this is the Serbs going after Vic a second time. I don't think that Walter had anything to do with it, but we're going to see it in the next episode. But brother, 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 episode eight, and I know that the glory of death well, to me, I thought it was a big death in the grand scheme of things for the show. I yeah. don't think it's like one of the main things that we're going to see that's going to make us all like, oh, shit. Yeah, but it's one of those parts that can set somebody off for it. Like you said, it really oh, it's about to big. start a war. It's about to start a war. <laughs> exactly. That's what it did. It started some trouble, though. That's one thing for sure. And all because of Tommy. You know, he's always going to be somewhere in the middle of something. So it's not going to be all over this. And also, too, this... <laughs> Think about this part. Vic is going to be on a rampage. I think the first person he's pulling up on is Tommy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to talk, bro. Or or shots fired, right? Because, you know, he emotional right now. He just lost this yep. girl. He yep. loved his life. Hey, he ain't thinking straight right now, Perez. No. So anybody can get it. Anybody can get it, man, running to Vic right now. Mm-hmm. So all this, man, I cannot wait until episode nine. Tune in yeah. to the audience next week. Your boys, A Dub or Priz, gonna have y'all squared away on that one, Joe. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into our sports coverage. The University of Illinois, A Dub, the Fighting Alana. We landed a five star recruit, Sky Clark, who decommitted from the University of Kentucky, committed to the University of Illinois. And I'm telling you one thing now, A Dub, we got a top 10 recruiting class here in Champaign. Thank you very much. We Illinois look good, Press. Man, I mean, who saw this coming though? You know, huh? But hey, it's here now. It's here. Scott Clark, man, that dude there, Press. Just speaking of him alone, man, this kid got talent, man. I mean, we saw the dribbling with him, I mean, the IQ, 
this dude is very, very good, man. And I don't think this team is going to miss Cabello by having him. Well, I will say this, man. I'm going to miss Cabello, but selfishly. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to get over it real quick, seeing as we brought in Scott Clark. <laughs> Straight up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are, friends. Go get over it, though. No doubt, man. Well, like I put up on Twitter, the sky's the limit. That is what I feel like because this guy right here, and I know he tore his ACL last summer and he's still working his way through, but this is still a five-star prospect. This was a guy at one point, A-Dub, if he probably didn't tear his ACL, he was looking to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And all he's looking to do now for it to show that, look, hey, I'm ready. I'm back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at it like this. He's probably going to be a one-and-done guy. Yep, it's like he got something to prove right now. Show these teams, show everybody, hey, what I'm about, what I can do. Man, so I'm quite sure he's going to go in with a lot of hype. Now, A-Dub, think about this part. Now, Brad Underwood on the recruiting trail, they've been able to tell that Ayo DeSumo story. And then you see what Ayo did with the Bulls. He's had a really strong, solid rookie season. Imagine right. Sky Clark coming to Champaign in the fall, tearing it up for a season, and becoming a lottery pick. Can you imagine the, the type of talent that's going to flood through Champagne in the next couple seasons? Man, Prez. <laughs> Man, that vision right there, Prez. The sky's the limit for sure with that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dope, though. That would be a dope story right there, Perez. And that's something that can possibly happen, too. And now the one thing, though, is just trying to figure out how healthy he is. Because as I mentioned, he tore that ACL. He's trying to work his way back. But – he gave a big shout-out to three people, notably audience, when he made his speech. A big-time shout-out to Brad Underwood. Said he makes you uncomfortable in practice, eight dub so you'll be comfortable on the road in Big Ten games. He said he lets his guards play and is a proven winner. And he said, I would believe he would get me prepared for the next level. I agree with you, sir. But then also, Tim Anderson. He talked about that relationship that he had with Tim Anderson and how Tim Anderson recruited him originally. So... Right, right. I mean, he said that he had that relationship with Tim and Anderson when he was recruiting him earlier in the process. But also, when it comes to Fletch, A-Dub, that's the strength and conditioning coach. He said that he knows that Fletch is going to get him back to being that player that he needs to be on the court. That right there is the huge advantage that Illinois has. They got that recruiter in Tim Anderson, but you got Fletch. And Fletch is a secret weapon to have on, with this with this program. It makes you feel like this guy really made the right. He thought about everything, Prez, yep. before making his decision. And he actually made the right decision based upon all these things you just shared with us right now, Prez. I think the kid knows what he wants, Prez, and he knows what's going to help him get him to that next level. So salute to this kid, man, Sky Clark, for making the right decision and pretty much giving everybody the props they deserve who all been, who've all played a big part of it. He even gave props to Coach Calipari. He said, look, he's, an amazing, he's not only an amazing coach, but an amazing person. He said he's been super supportive of me throughout our conversations. So a lot of people will look at that and say, oh, when you decommit, that's showing a lack of loyalty. You're going back on your word. But listen, Scott don't owe anything to the University of Kentucky. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he has to do what's in the best interest of him and his family, and that is what he did. And he feels that the Illini are going to give him that opportunity, and I really hope that everything goes the way that we all think is going to go here with this young man because I'm telling you, for years to come, the Illini could be a top fifth, top five, top ten recruiting class year after year. They can be pressed, and this is all a good sign right now. If everything goes according to plan. Yeah, A-Dub, I mean, think about this. The Illini were losing Frazier, 
Plummer, Corbello, Demonte Williams next season. Think about all the minutes right. that are going to be available in that backcourt. If Sky is yes. healthy, oh. <laughs> he's going to get his shine. He's going to get his shine, Perez, if he's healthy, like you said. So that's one thing he got to worry about minutes. You got no. it. You got it coming. Do him right along with Sincere Harris, right along with Jaden Epps, brother. The minutes, man, they're gonna be they gonna be going around. And, and we ain't even talking about your Luke Goodies, your RJ Melendez types, Brandon Podzinski. There's a lot of minutes to go around. I can't wait to see the competition and practice between these guys. Boy, it's gonna be a dogfight out there in Champagne. Hey man, I would love to be in present, be in person, in present watching the practice for his to see how these guys go at it, man. Because they all sort of, you know, accomplish the same thing, right? Down the road, they want to win, of course. They also want to go pro, right? That's also the end of one of the goals as well. But making each other better, fighting hard, playing physical, I would love to see that, man. You saw when Omar Payne entered the transfer portal. We didn't really spend too much time talking about that. Omar Payne didn't really get much done for us last season. I wasn't surprised that he entered the portal. I didn't see him having a role on the team this season. So hopefully Omar gets in a situation that's, you know, that's more conducive for him and gives him a little bit more playing time. Absolutely, Perez. And, you know, I appreciate his efforts, everything he's done for the team, you know, but um, good luck to him and his future endeavors. But I will be remiss to say, Doug, let's think about Kofi Coburn now. Now, earlier in the offseason, we talked about the fact of Kofi may not come back because he may want to just go ahead and test the NBA waters because Kofi has gone on record many times and says he believes that he's ready for the NBA. His goal was always to play in the NBA. But I wonder what the Sky Clark news does for Kofi Coburn now because he might be looking at a situation at Illinois, A-Dub, where he has guaranteed NIL money on deck. A rebalanced deck, man. I mean, this roster with him coming back and if they pick up Terrence Shannon from the transfer portal, bro, this is easily a top five team in the NCAA next season. Yeah, Perez, he's the top five team, right? And, and with that, Perez, means his stock would increase, right? So now you probably go from probably being drafted, maybe late first round, maybe second round, to probably now being in maybe a lottery pick possibly for himself, you know? So, yeah, you've had that much success, Perez. That will be dope for him. So I think it would be wise for him to consider we'll probably want to come back to Illini for another season. Well, so AW is a little uh, gracious with your, with your projections there because – I don't even see Kofi's name even listed on any of the mock drafts, bro, not even in the second round. So there's a situation with Kofi where he might not even get drafted. So mm -hmm. it's like you have that versus coming back to Illinois and picking up a million dollars. Because that NIL money, I think, will be there, especially with him and Scott Clark. I think you'll see them doing campaigns together. Like, this could be really fucking awesome for the Illini and for Kofi and, and Scott collectively. Because I was looking it up. Kofi's got 100,000 followers. On, uh, on social media. Scott Clark has 256,000. Woo. Bro, that kid's going to get paid down there, Champagne. <laughs> hey, man, get them dollars running right there, man. So that's good for both of those guys, the popularity, the notoriety, man. That's awesome. I think now it's about the game, you know, their game, speaking for themselves as well. So they can get their prayers on top of that and be famous that way and bring in the bag, get the bag. I mean, that's good for both of them. But also think about this, too. The day Danger, he came over from Baylor. And he probably came over thinking, well, Kofi's probably going to leave. So the starting center job is going to be mine. Not so fast, Dane, because if Kofi come back, you coming off the bench, baby. 
<laughs> and he ain't gonna be too happy about that though, you know what I'm saying? But you know me, you know how um your coach does. Coach can probably work it out with both of them, but you're right, he may not be too happy coming off the bench. But also at the same time, man, you gotta look at this roster right now. I can't even project what the starting lineup's gonna look like, man, because if they pick up Terrence Shannon out of the out of the portal, he's gonna start. He ain't coming here to come off the bench. Scott Clark, he didn't come here to come off the bench. So those two are definitely guys that are going to that starting lineup. R.J. Melendez, to me, has to be a starter next season. Colby Hawkins has to be a starter. But then what are you going to do with Ty Rogers? So that's what I'm saying. There's so much with this team right now that's in flux. Yeah, a lot of flux players, and hopefully a lot of guys will probably want it done, right? That we'll see. I think Scott Clark, if I'm being honest, is probably definitely a one and done. I don't see that with Ty Rogers. I think Ty Rogers will probably be in Champagne, maybe two seasons, maybe three. Yeah. But Sky, yeah, he's definitely a one and done guy. Yep. And then if Kofi comes back right, Press, it'd be probably his last season coming back as well. So well, he'll be a it. senior. Yeah, he'll be right, a senior. right. So, yeah, that still could be that, that season right there to where you can probably bridge the gap and say, hey, this is what we're going to expect for this coming season, you know, from, from an Underwood standpoint, and then hopefully you can pitch it to him that way. Who knows, right? Well, money talks, bro. And, I mean, okay, Kofi, I know, wants to be a professional player. But, I mean, what's the alternative? Overseas, G League, and I'm not, you know, saying anything negative about those options, but if you can return back to your college where you are the man – Kofi walks on that campus. He walks through anywhere. He goes anywhere in Champaign. Bro, he's King Kofi. So he's got <laughs> that legacy. And you see how Ayo's treated like God when he comes down there on that campus. Kofi can do that and then some if he comes back for a senior season, bro. Oh, man. I hope he does, friends, you know, come back. Because you're right. <laughs> he is beloved in, in Illini. So uh, with Illini, I think there'll be a good idea for him. But the thing is also with Kofi Perez, you and I noticed that, hey, there are some things he can work on, right? I mean, if you want to become one of those guys to get drafted in, in, in a nice spot, right, first round, hopefully, you got to come back with some skill set. And I think with him, with the way he plays, you know, and I talked about a lot, he plays a lot of power. And he may have to come back and increase his game about being a little bit more finesse, a little bit more skill, right, a little bit more IQ that probably help him out for that next level. So I still think a guy like him has a lot of fame and not, not with, the, with the Illini, but still, there's some things he needs to work on to get better as a player. Well, this is my biggest thing when I think about Kofi going to the NBA. I think about the fact that the NBA is fast-paced. Yep. you got guards that he's going to have to get out there in the perimeter and cover, and that's something in his game that I haven't seen that he can necessarily do. Also, with Kofi in college, he's used to the base of the ball being in his hands. They, they find him down the low in, in the paint. But I think I would, I would like to see Kofi develop some more post moves. I would Correct. like to see him develop a short jump shot. See, those are the things right now that he doesn't have in his game because right now his game is all dump it down low. He's on body you. He's gonna score. Fine, yep. that's great. But there's other things that we need to see out of him. Also, too, I need to see him become more of a a, a complete passer. Now we see the improvements there, but imagine next season when you have a if you have a lineup with Kofi in there and people try to make that mistake of double teaming him with the athletes that he's gonna have around him on that floor, and if Kofi improves his passing, it's over. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, Perez, you and I have witnessed him getting the ball and passing and making the right decision, but sometimes the right decision can be late, right? You do it's too late. It got to yeah. come to second. It got to be second nature, right? And that's what right. you're alluding to right there, being yes. second nature. And then the other part you talked about, Perez, his game with what he does, his power. That's cool to have that power game, but man, these guys in the pro level, Perez, they know to pick up the charge. <laughs> so right. you got to figure it out, like you were saying, man, some other moves in your bag, man, to get a bucket. So that's going to be something for him to continue to learn and continue to evolve in, man, because um, that's where that next level come in at. 
all he has to do is look at a guy like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is 7'3", 300-pound guy. The things that Joel Embiid can do at that size is crazy. Ooh. Now, imagine Kofi, because Kofi is that size, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Kofi don't have that type of bag. No, he doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> and that's something he should be looking at. Hey, look at a guy, want to know what a center does in the NBA and be dominant? You're right. MB is a good person to look at and say, whoa, if I get those kind of toolkit, if I get those those kind of skills in my repertoire, I can do some things, man. And then also you hit a good point about his jump shot press in the mid-range or even a little bit further than the block with that. If he can improve in that area, man, he'll be a dominant player. Yeah, but audience, if you hear us saying this, we love Kofi. We're just saying that if we're looking at the NBA level versus college level, because of the college level, of course you know he can eat in the paint. Right. If he wants to get to that NBA level, those are some of the improvements that he's going to have to make in this game. But I'll tell you one thing, brother. If he comes back to Champagne, Champagne is going to be lit this fall. It's going to be lit this fall. All this, I'm going to be insufferable on this podcast talking about this team. Man, Press, you get me all excited right now. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And I hope it happens, friends. I can just see the whole aura around this team, man. Like, Big Ten, win the Big Ten. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Win the tournament. Hey, got a, a legitimate shot for sure. It's like, man, this, the sky's the limit for that team if he comes back. Ooh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, like we said earlier, the sky's the limit. I can't wait to the fall. I can't wait. Well, obviously, you know I love football, so I can't wait for the fall for that. But I'm going to be so fired up, man, when Big Ten media comes back. Oh. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. And like I said, this is still early in the offseason. And you know one of the things, A-Dub, that I wanted to say before we move to our baseball portion? I feel like this is a little unfair to high school students right now because what they're doing right now in the transfer portal is taken away from the high school kids because yeah. the coaches are on the road right now. This is generally when the coaches are out recruiting. They're sitting back on campus because they're taking visits from these transfer portal kids. So I think, honestly – the NCAA is going to have to change that calendar up a little bit because right now the high school kids are the ones that are suffering. Yeah, man, because you're a high school kid and a certain guy goes to a certain team. He's like, damn, why did I come here? I, yeah. I, didn't, know, <laughs> I didn't know he was coming. <laughs> I'd have made another decision, right? So it puts them, like you said, the high school kids in a tough spot, man. Yeah, because you have no idea. You made your decision all the way in advance, in advance and all of a sudden a top five player comes into the transfer portal. You got to do what you got to do, like with the Illini. There's no way you can't say no when a Scott Clark is interested in your program. There's no way. No, you cannot say no at all, Press. Got to open up them doors. <laughs> so then when you got a guy like Jay Nepps, it's like, oh, hey, Jay, you just got to embrace it. And from what I've seen so far, him, Tyrod, sincere, they've all embraced it. These cats, they seem like they have been cool. They, I, I saw something where they were talking about how they've been playing Fortnite together. So I'm like, okay, these freshmen, they they they, they going to be like, they going to be like a band of brothers out there on their campus. <laughs> yeah, man. Like these guys are already trying to build a relationship with each other, man. And hopefully that builds a winning culture, you know? But I'm excited the fact that we got a freshman class coming in here that I'm looking at like, hey, they all they they all come in here like like you've already heard me talk about on the show. Ty Rogers, he a monster, bro. He a monster. If he develops a shot to go with the rest of the parts of his game, he's an NBA guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ty Rogers, man, has a chance to become a complete player for his. So you're right. If you get that, bro, whoo, look out. Yeah, he just got to work on that shot. But that dude right there, he's a monster on defense. And I've talked about that many times, A-Dub. You and yes, I, sir. we put our TikTok out there, and we tried to display to you guys on our TikTok his versatility. Not only can he bang down low, but this dude can get out on the perimeter and check guards. 
Yes, he can, man. And you know what? That's what makes him even more of an underworld type of player that you and I talked about, Perez. This guy can do it all, man. And like you said, man, that jump shot start to fall and continue to get better than that. I'm quite sure you're going to spend a lot of time in the gym to increase that. Man, the sky's the limit for him, Perez, because I'm telling you, this kid, a year or two down the road, man, can be a star. Yeah, and I, and I think that Ty Rogers, when I look at him and the other freshmen, I think Sky Clark, if he's healthy, he's going to be a fucking premier player for us. But I think a guy like Ty Rogers, I think even if he doesn't start, I think he's going to get quality minutes because he's a Big Ten player to me right now. With the way that Brad Underwood likes to play, with the way that we know that the Big Ten is rugged, physical conference, I think Ty Rogers can come in right away. And he, he can fit the bill with that physicality. Look at his oh. build. Yeah, he built up nicely, man. He got the body, got the physique, Prez. He's actually a guy that, like you said, can, can come out and play right now. So I, I'm with you. I think he's going to get the minutes. I think what Coach probably want to see, the IQ is all there. It, again, he'll be in a good shape. But you're right, man. A guy like him could probably come in and get some valuable minutes. Well, A-Dub, I got to ask you. Your Chicago Cubs, they won their open the day matchup. Talk to Woo! Opening day, baby. Baseball back. Love it. Love it. Love it. If my Cubs got a nice win, man, I definitely like that and how they got that win. You know, it's just good to see a team now with some players, some, you know, in place, uh, some good, some guys that you can really root for, man. I mean, you know about Suzuki already, Prez, what kind of guy he is. It's good to see Nico Horner, you know, stepping his game up. It was a guy we talked about last season, and now he's starting to show the, some of the things he can do and just seeing that kid come out and play. And then you already knew about Magical that came from you all, that came to the Cubs from that trade. That kid can play. So we got some guys in play, man. And I got to salute Kyle Hendricks, man, for coming out first game, pitching nice little five-plus innings, man, and doing a good job there. Well, I will say this, man. Kyle Hendricks, the professor, I saw some glimpses there in that game. I said, okay, Kyle might be back. Now, I, I was watching. I said, I don't want to speak too soon because it was, he had like, you know, he had an up and down end in there. But I would say for the most part, hey, you guys handle business against those Brewers, bro. Yeah, man. I hope we can get another one. <laughs> Pack in some more wins, Perez. And I got to salute one more guy, man, Ian Hat, man. I mean, he picked up where he left off last season, Perez. In the late in the season, he started to turn things around. So to see him come out there, get a couple RBIs, man, a couple doubles, that's just good to see Ian Happ. Yeah, but I, I would say when, when, we, when we talk about your Cubbies, man, as I predicted earlier, or, or, or at least as I said on the last episode, I still think this is probably like a 75-win team at, at best. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, though, A-Dub, you guys got a lot of young talent. You've been highlighting it on the show for it since we've been on here. And it's true. You're starting to see a lot of this young talent start to come up. Now, I don't know if they're going to be like the talent like you had with your Chris Bryant and your and, and all them type of guys that was here at Javi and right. who, who was, <laughs> was hitting the bomb home or Schwarber. Like, I don't yeah. know if it's going to be like that. But it's, still pretty, but it's still pretty exciting, though, that you guys got some guys. I mean, you you talked about it on the last episode. I talked about it last season. That Brendan Davis kid, man, he's coming. He's coming, man. He is coming. Press, I'm excited for that kid, man, because I really want to see him. I really do. I understand he didn't get that many at-bats in spring training. I get it. But, man, I would love to see this kid in the big level, man. Ed Howard, that's another guy we talked about, Chicago kid, Mount Carmel. I don't yes. want that against you, Ed. However, that's another kid that's coming. Boy, you guys got an embarrassment of riches, or an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, man. The, I'll say, man, the farm system look pretty tight, Perez. No, he does. And this, this is coming from me as a sauce fan, but listen, I ain't no hater. I, I could recognize talent when I see it. And this lineup, they got talent. And, you know, I always talk about my White Sox, how we are loaded, because we are offensively. We got a Agreed. juggernaut. 
Oh, but the, prob- but the problem with us right now is the injuries, man. We got so many guys that are hurt. Lance Lynn, you guys saw the news there. He tore his meniscus. When I saw him get off that bell like that, I'm like, oh, shit, that didn't look good. Man, I felt so bad for him, Perez, because, you know, I hate to see good players at that, especially good pitchers like him, man, go down like that, man. It's like, mm-hmm. dang, you know? And you all have aspirations of winning chips, too. So it's like, hey, this may be the season. And to see him get hurt, it's like, oh, man, that kind of hurt, man. Yeah, but you, you saw what Rick Hahn did. As soon as that news came out, he went and signed Johnny Cueto. But I would say, <laughs> yep, Leslie, he'll be back, man. Well, he's going to probably miss a couple months. You know, uh, he'll be back. I mean, he probably will miss, I don't know, six or seven starts. Who knows, somewhere around there. He'll yeah. be good. But when you I saw him sign Johnny Cueto, I was like, hey, Johnny Cueto, man, at one point in his career, that dude, he was a badass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's good looking out by um you know um the front office man like hey making a contingency plan a quick one at that you know um to, to still help this team continue to uh, move forward so you guys still in good shape Perez. Yeah, the only thing with him because everybody knows about Johnny Cueto, he was with the Giants and they cut bait because he had a lot of injury problems you know when he signed that big contract with them. But to get a, a talent like that coming in here, yep, as a stopgap, hey, I, I'm all for it, bro. All ain't for bad it. at yep. all. Yeah, I mean, I talked about injuries. Yolanda Mankata, he started the season on the injury list. Tim Anderson didn't even play in the opening day yesterday. I mean, we got a lot of injuries right now that we're that we're facing. A lot of injuries. Yeah, then Giolito, what guy hurt himself right with the abdominal strain? I think he got a couple games. Yeah, he left. This. He left. Yeah, he left the game early with that. Yeah, so because he because he, he was rolling, boy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, sh- y'all probably got that win. How he continued to pitch because he looked very good. No, he did look good. He did look good. But also, I mean, I'm not. It's only game one. And obviously, we lost, but it was only one game. White Sox Nation, relax, y'all. People would be going in too hard. <laughs> Boy, they was going in on my friend Liam, bro. I'm like, damn, leave Hendricks alone. My yeah, God, man. it's one just game. one game, one game, man. And you know me out there, friends. You know me. I know I'm a, I'm a cuss man, right? So I'm just trying to do a little post check, right, friends. Hey, is it too early to start talking about Kimbrough? Is it too early for that? Like, I, I, I saw that, man. Everybody's looking at you like, what are you talking? Get out of here. Fuck right? <laughs> I was just testing you guys out, man. Like, twice is what? Went one and four. The first four games last season went on with 90 plus, man. It's no big deal for losing the opener. It really isn't. Yeah, but some people may say, A-Dub, that was last year. And last year and this year are two different years. So we'll see. But for me, when I look at this team, offensively, though, juggernaut. AJ Pollock yeah. and right field. We finally got a fucking right fielder on this team. Finally, yeah. Finally. And that guy right there, his opener, and I know people will sit up here and get mad. He should have caught the ball. The ball hit the wall first. Like, shut exactly. the fuck up. Exactly. That's the point people were missing, friends. It hit the wall first. Right. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I'm glad you said it. Well, that's because these people, are, they want to be mad about everything. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> what game y'all watching? Exactly. We've all watched the same game. I'm not sure what they eyes are looking at, though, but I'm glad you called it out, man. Hit that wall, and boom, everything just happened from there, man. It, it happens in baseball. But I, I'll tell you this, man. Seeing Javi Baez player for the Tigers, boy, he had some glove work in that game, man. That was that Ooh. one play where he made – he was damn near the outfield. I'm like, good Lord, he got an arm on him. Man, I was telling um some of the White Sox fans um, who I know personally, I was like, man – one thing I like about him in Chicago is that that glove is exciting. Like you said, Perez, those exciting plays, I'm going to miss that man in Chicago because, I mean, he, he's a highlight reel, really, Perez, yeah, with the glove. Is. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. No, I, I agree with that 100%, brother, 100%.
But also, when we when we look at this White Sox team right now, Andrew Vaughn, he's showing you that he does he deserves it. He he, I'm so excited for him to be hit, uh, here. Jake Berger got the surprise start at third base. He had a double burger in the game. So we have so much talent on this team. I just don't want it to be like last year when we had to battle all those injuries and stave yeah. off injuries because you know how it was, A-Dub. It was crazy. It was rough. Yeah, it was crazy. And the thing is, the division, I hate to go this route, though, but the division was that week that you all were able to just run through it because you all so talented, right? And it's not going to be that same way this year if you got injuries. That's all I'm going to be saying. So I hope you guys don't have to go through that injury bug again because you got lucky last season by being able to make it through. I'm not sure if you're going to get that lucky twice, right? about all that luck now i mean we we still got a squad now we we still got a squad now i will say i I will i will say gently that you're right about the division the division isn't as strong as it it wasn't as strong as it had been in recent years right however right right. that team if you still looked at it on paper they still was pretty damn good even with the guys that was out i agree when 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 robert was out when Jimenez was out when grand doll was out i mean like we still had guys that was coming up that could fill in and they were still raking man i that's what shocked me right there with, your, with the White Sox. Them motherfuckers are loaded, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I give you guys a props. You know me. I know I'm not a fan like you are, Fred, but I still give you guys your props, man. You are a loaded team. Loaded. Yeah, and in the opener, like I said, no TA, no Mancata, and we still almost won that damn game. Yeah. We should have won the game, honestly. I mean, I know people are going to sit up here and get mad at Hendricks. I was kind of warned. I'm like, why you throw all these fastballs, man? He threw that shit like it was bad practice that he was throwing up there. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. But listen, nine times out of ten, Hendricks is going to get the guy out. So, Yeah, exactly. It's his first game. You know, um, he, he'll be fine down the road. But you're right. Now he's got to realize, hey, man, mix it up a bit more. That's all. And I think that day he's going to probably show off his fastball and like, hey, man, you get rocked, dog. You get rocked. <laughs> <laughs> Change it up, man. Change it up. But he'll do it, you know, so he's going to make an adjustment. That's what they pitchers do, Chris. They adjust, man. Yeah, he got no choice because that Hosper, he a fucking White Sox killer. When that, when I saw him run to the bases, bro, I was mad as hell, bro. I swear, I swear to God, A-Dub. I was, I was on a, a work conference call, and, you know, so I got the, 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 the TV on mute, and I'm looking up. And I just see like the ball just get launched, and I'm just like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. I was like, oh, that's a rocket. Bro, he blasted that shit, bro. Yeah, he did. Definitely. But listen, man, like I said, game one, shit happens, long season. But for the White Sox, I just want us to stay healthy. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with this pitching staff. Because as I mentioned, Quaynos will be replacing Lance Lynn. Guys, you all know that I love me some Lance Lynn, so hopefully he's you know going to do well. He'll get back there. I'll be very curious to see how Quato performs here in Chicago because, as I mentioned, in San Francisco, A-Dub, a lot of injury problems there. He's 36 years old, but I'm hoping yeah. we might be able to get the best out of him for this season. And it may be a short period of time for time you're looking at, too. So it's not like you're looking at the entire season for him, so you think you guys will be fine. Yeah, but, I mean, even still, like, what happens if he has, like, some sort of a renaissance season? It's like, okay – Bad. We got a Ooh. good problem on our hands. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That'll be a good one right there. That'll be a good story for him. So you never know, Perez, and that's a possibility too. Yeah, because as I've talked about on the last episode, we got question mark. We don't know what to expect out of Dallas Keuchel. I think Dylan Caesar's ready, but Michael Kopech, he's now entering the start rotation. This is uncharted territory for him. So like I said, getting a, making a move and getting a veteran like Quaid over here, I thought it was a really good move by Rick Hunt. And also, too, that trade for A.J. Pollock, now I know some people after day one are like, oh, Kimbrough, fuck that. We got a real right fielder now. 
That AJ yeah. Pollock, if he can stay healthy, boy, he gonna be a bad motherfucker, boy, for the Chicago this season. Man, he got all star potential for him, man, for real. So that's the kind of guy he is, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I I I cringe when I saw that, and I cringe in a good way. Like, man, these dudes just keep on getting extra bats, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. for real, that dude can hit, man. I'm like, man, that dude can really play. So. I mean, you don't lose nothing. Getting rid of Krimble for him, man. You asked me, I thought the White Sox got the better of the stick on that, man. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was an upgrade. Yep. So, salute to you guys for that, friends. Good move. Mm-hmm. All right, well, listen, A-Dub. Let's get into some Bulls talk. Audience, we got a lot to unpack here. Because these Chicago Bulls right now, they are not playing like themselves. Something's broken with this table. Before we get there, A-Dub, Lonzo Ball, out for the season, we we should be surprised here when you and I talk to the audience about the fact that he wasn't res- the knee wasn't responding to the rehab. They kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit to give it a time to kind of calm down a bit, and that didn't work. So we're not surprised here. But Lonzo Ball, I thought his first season with the Bulls, he showed you why he was going to be valuable on this team, and I think that they missed him a lot down the stretch, bro. Man, missing him, Prez. Man, we miss him like badly because. Um, he was the guy that really brought a different culture to the team when it comes down to passing, right, Perez? He kept everybody in their natural position. Made everyone play their game, right? Whoever you are, you can be who you want to be with the Lonzo Ball. I mean, <laughs> you want to go fast break, give easy points, he'll give you that, you know? If you want to go ISO, he'll give you that. So they're missing that big time, man. And then also the fact that his jump shot got so much better that you and I talked about Perez hitting the three, that's been missing. So it's like this team really need Lonzo Ball, not just his offense, but also his defense. Yeah, because like you said, he runs the ball, his game, he he knows how to push the pace. The Bulls, yep. they, they played at a nice pace with him, but also defensively. But again, like I said in our previous episodes, I worry about Lonzo Ball's long-term health because at his age, he's shown that he has not been able to finish seasons. He's had a lot of injuries, right? And yeah. now I'm looking at this with his knee. I'm like, oh, what's going on with this knee? You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that knee, man, that knee, press, And that's what hit, hits a lot of explosiveness that you have, you know. If that knee keep bothering you, it's not quite where you want to be, and you go through injuries, and then you get back, and then some things happen with it again. Dang, it becomes, man, a problem, right, over the years. And I just hope this kid, man, can get healthy, press and get back at that, get back on the floor, man. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, it was a meniscus tear, and the big thing was he was just still having pain in that area because anytime they tried to ramp it up, he had pain, and I, I like yep. when when those situations happen. They dub. I always say err on the side of caution. You know what I mean? Yo, you smart man, right there, Perez. Definitely, and I'm kind of glad he shutting it down because you you thought about the future. Man. I'm glad you brought it up because hey, don't don't come in and try to play through it, man, and, and make matters worse. Exactly, exactly. Because I mean, he's only 24 years old, so they said they're going to continue with the treatment and rehab. He's going to stay in Chicago to do so, so he'll be with the team during the playoffs. Hey, dub. Yeah, it just sucks to see him on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be. But like I said, we got to do the right thing for him because when well, you look at it, we already clinched the playoff spot. Yep. The game yesterday against the Hornets, bro, that shit was a travesty. I didn't know what was going on there. I mean, we were getting clowned out there. And also, too, I didn't understand why, uh, why Zach Levine was playing in that ball game. Can somebody explain that to me? Can somebody explain to me why Zach Levine, who has been struggling with knee soreness and battling that shit for half the season, why he's playing in a game that didn't matter? There's no reason. Things is right. You and I that you talked about, man. With him going back and forth with his knee situation. Come on, man. We gotta be very cautious with Zach Levine. 
So my thing is this. I mean, so we, we got that sixth spot. We're in. We don't have to worry about none of that, none of that playoff. Uh, what are you playing? Yeah. The playing game? <laughs> foolishness. Hate right. that shit. Hate Me that too. shit. Me too. It's silly. But that playing tournament is going to be pretty crazy if you think about it, right? Look at all the teams that's going to be jockeying. The Cavs. <laughs> Who else? The Hawks. And the Hornets. I think a Nets, lot of good teams down there. The Nets, Nets down there too, right? The Nets going to be playing in it too, right? Oh, that's Nets. right. Dude, why do I keep forgetting that the Nets have been down there because of that Kyrie shit that's been going on all year? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing right there, the Kyrie thing. And also the James Harden decided to lead, and they could never get Ben Simmons on the court. So there they go. That's where they're at. So it's, that's going to be excitement right there. A lot of excitement Ooh. with that. Brooklyn about to do work. <laughs> they about to do work. <laughs> hey, look, they've been playing well too, man. So with him and Kyrie, man, that's going to be a nice little duo right there to watch that play in, man. Yeah, and also, too, the big fella Drummond. He looked like he got a little rejuvenated out there, too, now. Yeah, he getting the minutes. He getting the minutes now. So he kind of happy with that, the playing time. So, yeah, you're right, Perez. These guys are all rejuvenated. They pretty much want to show that, hey, not really a bottom team. But, hey, it's going to be nice. So <laughs> it really is. They but can no, pull good, it out. But, hey, but good call out on the Nets, bro, because, like, I, honestly, when I was thinking about them teams at the bottom, I, I, I keep always forgetting about them because we always was like, hey, that's going to be a top three, top four team. Correct. And they had the season that they had with KD being out for a bit with injury, Kyrie yep. <laughs> with that whole situation. <laughs> but I will say this, though. You know that KD will flip that switch. When it comes time for him to have to turn this game up, NBA, y'all in trouble. Man, that's 30-plus right there easily, man. Efficient. She if not 40 balls. Definitely. Yeah, he got that potential right there. <laughs> yeah, easy. <laughs> easy. Easy money right there, boy. Sniper. Yes, sir. But no, but back to our Bulls, though, A-Dub. I, I got to get your thoughts. So, of course, I wasn't happy with the fact that Zach played. But Zach, in the post-game interview, he was very candid about things. Because what they say? Well, what did he say? They asked him, what did you think about the fans booing you? Because we hadn't heard boos of the UC in a minute, you know. And he said, listen, they it was fair. They were right to do so. He said, we are a better team than what we're showing right now. And I, I like that leadership from Zach. Don't get salty. Take the feedback because the fans know that you guys can be better than what you're doing right now. Yeah, the team kind of suck in that way, right? When you give up so many points these past, what, five or so games, Perez? Yeah, it's a lot of points you're giving up. So um, the defense don't look that sharp. You nope. know, the offense looks stagnant a little bit. It looks like we relied so much on uh, DeRozan. And, you know, Too much. And, exactly. And then the other guys are not chipping in to help out, man. It just looks really bad. So you got to take that criticism from the fans because we all see a different team than what we saw earlier in the year. Well, even Zach even admitted that because after that Boston Celtics game that they lost, he said that. He said, we look like a totally different team right now, and it's upsetting. And I'm like, well, good. I'm glad to hear that for you because it's upsetting for us to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> for real. And the thing is, how it's unfolding, right? First, like, man, that's once upon a time we ever get there defensively. What happened? What changed? We can't right. get there anymore, man. We used to make those shots right there from three. What happened? We can't make those like we used to. And listen, A-double, one game left before playoffs start. I'm looking at this situation. I'm like, how do you fix this thing? Because, like I said earlier, it's something's broken here. Defensively, we don't we don't look good. We're not playing with that same passion and, and happiness. I think teams are starting to key in on DeRozan. Other guys are stepping up. Zach's hurt. Kobe White. What happened to him? Man, <laughs> you're right, Perez. This cannot be fixed in one game. 
I did listen to Billy Donovan post game interview, Prez, and he kind of talked about you know the team, of course, overall. But he kind of hit the fact about himself about how he has to communicate with this team moving forward, right? About mm-hmm. some, even how they played against you know um, against Charlotte, the, the Hornets. He was like, you know, maybe my communication style wasn't you know uh, good enough to the details of things, and I think. That's probably what's missing, maybe part of details. And also, maybe this team is also getting worn down, Press, because so many guys have to play so many minutes, right? Think about exactly. the Rose has played his ass off all season. A lot of minutes, too, Press. A lot of carry. It started to add up over time, man. A lot of these guys that we have been playing, you can see now the effects of a long season. The hey, that's probably finally caught up with this team. Can't that's, a hell, right. that's a hell of a point, A Dub, because DeMar DeRozan has played more minutes this season. Since uh, he hasn't played these many minutes in his career since he was 24 years old. Wow, 24, bro? Yeah. Sheesh. When he was with the Raptors. So that goes to show you how we've relied on him. And he's delivered. But like yep. you said, hey, that shit takes a toll. LeBron, he, LeBron's 32 years old now. Yeah. 32 press and getting double teamed. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, that's an extra toll right there, right? Because now people are like, okay, I know where you're going to go. I know what you're going to do. If you get the ball from the center, I know you're trying to get to that mid-range shot, right? They are waiting for you now. And, you know, I guess one of the things, too, when you look at the team, because you brought up a good point in regards to Billy Donovan, and I wonder, well, what's going on here? Because it feels like almost like something's not clicking with this team right now. He's not understanding how to get through to this team, as you point, with communication. But it just seemed like before it was easy with this team. Everything was just going well. Everything that Billy was throwing out there, it was working. Now it just seems like everything just looks disjointed, bro. I just – something's broken. I, I keep saying that. I just don't know what's going on here. And I don't know what's going on here, Prez, but my speculation is that, hey, you know what? A lot of these teams have been scouting the Bulls, right? Because remember, we got to a high star, right? People were like, oh, that's going to be a team we got to worry about going forward, right? We got to worry about the Bulls too, Miami, Brooklyn, now the Bulls, you know? So it's like teams are now like a hunting you. So they're doing their homework on the Bulls, right? You know how it go, Perez. So the point is, how are we adjusting, right, to those people who adjust against us, you know? Can we make an adjustment? And what I'm seeing right now, Perez, we have failed to really make a big adjustment because if they're going to say, hey, make somebody else beat you under DeRozan, then they got we got to deliver, right? Io, whoever, right? Kobe White, we got to deliver. And those guys, to me, lately have not shown up. Shit, you can add Pat Williams to that list as well. And those are guys. These those th- those three guys. I think that they need to build up their confidence. And also going into the playoffs is not really an ideal time for guys that are struggling with confidence. Yeah, I'm with you there, Perez. It's a bad time and it's trying to build it up, right? Ooh. But I will say this. Now, even I was a little critical of Billy there. I also got to give him credit because to the point you were making, at least he's honest. Yeah. He said, look, we're not as bad as we played. We're not. But he said Mm -hmm. we probably also weren't as good as we were when we were on that eight or nine game winning streak. And I wonder, okay, when you make a statement like that as a coach, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle there. So he's basically saying, hey, we're not as bad as we're sure, but maybe we're not as good as people thought we were earlier in the season. And that's being totally honest, Perez. That's just him really looking in the mirror, being objective about the team, not getting too high, not getting too low, just saying, hey, this is where we're at right now. Yeah, but I need Kobe White to step up, man, because Kobe White, he was the one we were all excited about when he came back from, from injury, right, when he came back from that shoulder injury. And I'm just seeing with Kobe White. They tried to start him yesterday. That shit didn't work. <laughs> they put Iowa in that game quick. 
Yeah, man, he did, man. And I gotta give Billy Donovan credit too because he did say, you know what? Maybe I need to change some up. Maybe, maybe I need to let you know White Star right to give him an opportunity, right? To see that helps. He did try, but you're right, that didn't work at all, man. <laughs> no, no. And as I had talked about on the previous episode, Caruso looks like that's gonna be the guy that Billy's gonna go to in the playoffs. But Caruso's dealing with a back injury again. We're talking about guys with these injuries, and I know that he's resting him down the stretch, but. That thing can flare up in the playoffs, man. Backs are very, very delicate. Caruso's not guarding guys his size, friends. He's been guarding guys bigger than him. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Guys who want to play physical, guys who want to post them up, play hard. Man, that's more wear and tear on that back, man. So I'm hoping he can hold up, friends. I hope the rest work, man. But I'm telling you right now, I am a little concerned. Yes, and that's the thing. We're limping into the playoffs between him and Zach. Eh, it, it, it's tough. But I do say this. We talked about Pat Williams. We talked about Io. We talked about Kobe. I think those guys, especially at Pat Williams, I think he's going to be an X factor in the playoffs in a first round matchup. That's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing. And also Kobe White coming off the bench. What is Kobe going to be able to give us? Yeah, man, you're right, friends. These young guys going to have to play a big part in what we do success wise. And I hope Billy Donovan can find a way to get them involved in the game and let them play their game. So I think slowing it up for young guys, friends, is not the right way to go. Playing no. at the Rosen pace game is not going to work for these young guys. That's why we talked about you and I talking about Lonzo Ball, why he was so instrumental, because he can make those guys run, whatever, you know. So yep. you got to get these guys to be the play. And I think that's the key for Billy Donovan going forward. How did you get Kobe White to be effective? How did you get IO in transition doing this thing, you know? How do you unlock these young guys, Pat Williams as well? That's going to be the factor. And you know what I think Kobe White's biggest issue is, and nobody's talking enough about this? I don't think the shots that he's taking are bad shots. He's just missing them. But I think that mm -hmm. it's tough for young guys to get into a rhythm when the rotations change up so often. Yeah. You know what, Perez? I'm glad you brought the rotation. I'm not saying – I'm not going to criticize Benny Devin, but sometimes I wonder, like, man, the way you rotating guys, man, <laughs> is it is it is effective for the long term of this team, you know what I'm saying, All for right. the playoffs? And I don't know, Perez. I really don't know, man, because I've been saying lately these games, we look like we've been getting torched lately because of – how he's trying to figure it out. And I think it's right now, it's like, is it a little bit too late to try to figure it out now to experiment to like this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. So I'm just going to ask you this question, man, because you you bringing up a lot of good good little tangible points here for the audience. What do you expect to happen in that first round matchup? Because right now, we don't even know who we're going to play. Depending on who we're going against the Bucks right to the first round. Because they have torched the Bulls, right, Perez? Who are so... Miami, they would be what the number one seed, right? Potentially. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So we missed them, right? The number one. So seed, we right? missed them. Yep, so that's it's, right. it's, it would probably be. And I see, I don't have the rankings in front of me. But from what I was thinking, I was thinking either like Boston or Milwaukee, right? Am I right in saying that? You're about right in saying that, man. Because I yeah. think Milwaukee may be third or something like that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So th those are kind of the teams that we're looking at, or even the 76ers. But right. Ugh. Goodness That's gracious. tough, too. Yeah, so <laughs> Embiid killed us, right? So we talk about that. Yeah, Embiid is giving us a hard time, man. So it's like, darn it, it's the matchup, Prince. We're having a matchup problem. And I got to go this route. This is going to be – people see the same thing I see probably. Vucevic has struggled with a lot of these big men, these yeah. great big men. He even struggled with Brook Lopez, Prez. So I'm like, yeah, look, I saw you that. are struggling too much against these guys, and it comes back to hurt the rest of the team. Well, we struggled with size anyway. So when they brought up Marco from the Windy City Bulls, I said, well, that was cool because Marco, you know, he was doing his thing down in the G League, A-Dub. Yep. However, I don't know if that's going to be enough. 
<laughs> I'm with you because Marco's not a physical guy, you know, um, no. by nature, right? I mean, he's trying to he's trying to play big and trying to play strong, but he just don't have it yet. He got to keep in the weight room, which I think he'll probably be fine in the future. But he's not quite there yet to battle the guys that we talk about. That Vooch got a battle going forward. Yeah, but I think he'll be a better option than Tony Bradley. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Bradley, but <laughs> I want to see Marco come off the bench before Bradley. Oh, I'm with you, Prince. I would take Marco over Bradley any day, man. Hey, I, let's give Marco a chance, especially Marco we saw in the G League. Yeah, because listen, he showed some improvement there. He really did. He actually did, Prince. And you and I covered the Windy City Bulls, and we watched him play through pick and roll, playing strong, pick and pop, driving to the bucket. You know, that's the kind of style I want to see him play, you know, on the pro level with the big team. So if he can bring that same element, you're right. I'm totally with you, man. Scratch Bradley. Let's go. Let's go, Marco. Baby. <laughs> and it's also kind of cool to see with the Windy City Bulls season being uh, done and, and wrapped up. And we see that you know Marco's with the team. Tyler Cook is down there with them. And those are some guys that I thought really stood out in the G League. Uh, in, uh, yeah, they did. They actually stood out, man. And then Cook went to work when he came back down, man, and did his thing. And uh, yeah, so just seeing those guys do something about right there, Marco and Cook. Man, I like those when he sent the boys players, man. And it's just good to see Marco back with the big team. So um, and hopefully he gets some success with it. Yes, sir. Well, audience, we're going to be your go-to spot for all things Chicago Bulls related during the playoffs. And I know Bulls Nation, a lot of you guys aren't feeling very confident right now. But I want everybody to look at the big picture, A-Dub, because, listen, yeah, this team is not playing the way that we all expected they was going to play right now. Think about the future. The future is still bright for this team. Yeah. Keep your spirits up high. I don't definitely keep your mind up high, Perez. It's still with you there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this town, this town gets very spoiled quickly, right? And when we were rolling, everybody was feeling the vibes. Everything was great. But you got to still be with this team even through the bad. Now, I would say something's not going, something ain't going well right now in that <laughs> locker room. Something broken. Right, but right. I'm still riding. Listen, I'm gonna be in game one of that playoff series going crazy. And I ain't gonna be there as no media member. I'm gonna be there as a fan losing my shit. <laughs> hey, I'm getting I'm gearing up for that, man. The Bulls in the playoffs, that's always huge praise. We had the Bulls in the playoffs, man. That's a good sign because we had this last season. So to see the fact that these guys are here and got a chance, they really do have a legit shot still. All right, A-Double, well, let's talk because I got tickets for the first couple of round games, but we need to figure something out that we, you and I can post up. But we'll, we'll oh. talk after the show. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, Chicago Bears-wise. Now, free agency's been a little quiet. Now, Ryan Poles has made a couple moves here. We picked up a tight end from the Jets, right? They picked up Tavon yep. Young, the defensive back. I thought that was a pretty solid move. We'll talk about those moves on our The Bears Central's podcast, guys, and why I bring that podcast up. We had a sit-down with Tyson Anderson, who was a 2022 draft prospect, University of Toledo, Mr. Toledo in the building. So anyone that is not tapped into our DeBaris Central's podcast, feel free to check out that episode. It's going up tomorrow. We will appreciate if you guys check it out. Ooh-wee, that's going to be awesome. Tune in, everyone. Yes, sir. But now, off-season workout time, though, A-Dub. We saw that the program began this week. Justin Fields pulled up, Roquan pulled up, your boy Money Moon pulled up, Eddie Jackson pulled up to the to the offseason program. I think Eddie Jackson realized the, the writing's on the wall for him. <laughs> Either now or never, right? <laughs> right. David Montgomery, we already know what to expect from him. Cole Komet and Travis Gibson. But I wanted to 
talk through you talk with you real quickly about that because when I look at some of those names, I'm like, okay, these guys right here show you some leadership. Roquan, that's what he does. But Justin Fields pulling up. This is Justin Fields' offense now. Yes, it is. All on Justin now, Perez. His offense, his leadership, his imprint on this team, Perez. So I'm happy to see that kid definitely show up. But definitely, I know I like the fact that you made, brought up Roquan Smith's name. He did the same thing last season, right, yes, Perez? Sir. Now he's pulling up again, just showing that he's also taking his leadership to the next level. So he knows a lot of changes going on. He's not going to make no contract thing a big issue. You know, it doesn't appear to be so far. So I'm just happy to see these guys showing up and saying, look, we all committed to the success of this team going forward. And with Roquan, you know how you brought up the fact that he showed up last year. He was actually the only defensive starter that showed up. You remember that? Yep, the only one, man. It just shows you about a guy like him, Chris, how much he loves football and how much he want to still get better. I like that kind of humbleness from a guy like him who really don't have nothing to prove to us, really, but really would have shown that, hey, I want to still get better and I still want to come, you know, vibe with this team and help these young guys if I can, whatever. And a leader, A-Dub, just this, this flat out, just a leader. Your boy, Buddy Boone. This guy realizes, hey, this is a very important season for him professionally. Yep. Also, David Montgomery, another emerging leader on this team. David Montgomery goes out there and gives it his all out there on the field. Love him. But Travis Gibson, you talk about now, this is a third-year player that's ascending. Yes. We talked about it a lot on the Bears Central's podcast. The fact that he comes in, he knows that this is going to be a very important season for him. Definitely going to be an important season for him, Perez. But I'm kind of glad you highlighted him last about last season as well. You like he was the guy coming in that you had high hopes for, right? Yep. And to see now that he's actually got the keys now to say, hey, yep. you're going to be the guy. You're going to be the one. So to see him pull up, show up early, hey, that's always a good sign right there, Perez. So I'm quite sure you're not still got big things in, plan in store for him. So hope he can pick up where he left off at. Yeah, but because when they talked to him uh, about the fact of him coming to the offseason workouts, he said it's exciting. He said the coaching staff has a lot of energy. I don't know if that's a, a shot at, you know, the last regime. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to <laughs> dig into that too much. But he seemed excited. He seemed genuinely excited to be there. That's good to see right there, man. The fact he got that kind of excitement and the fact to see a, a, the right guys on defense that we all hope will show up, showed up, Perez, that's all good signs here, man. So let's see where this thing can go, Perez. Let's see, man. Yeah, with Eddie Jackson pulling up, and I talked about this on DBE. The fact that Ibraflus is going to give him a clean slate, he believes in the kid. He says, look, I know he's got talent. He said, I'm going to get the best out of it. But he also went on to say that I'm not going to deal with people loafing on the field. So I feel like with Andy Jackson, hey, his NFL career right now is pretty much, I don't want to get too dramatic with that, but, hey, your Bears, at least your Bears career is, is at stake right now. So it's like, hey, you got to step up, Eddie. You really do. Yeah. You're right, Press. It is at stake here, man. It really is. He must have a good season. I mean, it's yeah. a must for him, Press. If he don't, that's it. <laughs> it really is, man. So, Eddie Jackson, this is your time to shine, man. Get off to a good start, bro. I mean, you came in early. Do your thing, man. Continue to learn and get better. Whatever was missing, whatever can get you back to being how you used to be, that great ball hawk. Hey, right now is the right time to do it, man. Get back to who you once was. For show, sure. For show. Sure. Well, let's get into some Chicago Sky Talk before we get out of here. So right now when the, the schedule came out, A-Dub, I looked at that thing and I said, ooh, the National Broadcast, they got 30 Sky games pulling up. So what we're seeing now is that our Chicago Sky are going to be headlining the WNBA. It's almost kind of like Candace Parker and this team are kind of going to be like the face of the WNBA in a sense. Ooh-wee, I kind of love that, Perez. I love that, man. 
And it's just good to see this team get the, the respect that they deserve, right? Coming off a championship, you won. You should get this kind of respect. And you got the same core coming back at that press. Hey, why not? I'm glad to see these ladies getting that opportunity here, man. They deserve it. But one thing that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit was the matchup that they have against the Fever when they get their championship rings. Why is that game not being nationally televised? What? That should yeah. be the game that should be televised. Uh, it, it, it usually is. <laughs> That's just crazy in itself, man. I don't understand that at all, friends. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? But that's silly. But anyway, NBA TV, uh, they're going to be having the uh, game where the uh, Sky are playing against the Sparks. And you know what that's about. Of course, they're going to have that there. You know, we definitely know what that's about. Got to laugh at that one there. <laughs> but yeah, man, so I don't know. They haven't released their local broadcast schedule yet. But I'm sure that that May 24th game against the Fever will be included there. But it's just surprised that they don't want to see them get their championship rings and that banner go up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What? No matter how it looks, man, I'll just say this here, man. I'm still happy. I'm still on cloud nine, man, that our ladies won. That's right. I can't wait to see them get their trip, their, uh, their, their, their uh, jewelry. I can't wait to see that banner go up. And I just can't wait for this season, bro. I'm really excited about this upcoming season. Me too, Prince, because we do we have a, a legitimate shot at repeating. Yeah. We yeah. got a chance. So if anybody have not been watching this guy like Prez bring up all the time, check out these ladies. They are legit. Yeah. Listen, follow them on social media. Uh don't get get the notification. Hit that notification bell. If you want to find out any news or any sort of uh new things that are going on with this team, follow them. Like, as I keep saying, they need the support. This is a very good product. You guys over here getting all upset about the Chicago Bulls. This team just won a championship. Right. <laughs> exactly. We got one. And got a team to bring another one. I mean, Khalil Copper been killing the Euro League, man. What, oh MVP? God. I mean, oh come God. on, man. Like, this team here is nice with Candace Parker. She got some people around her, man. This is a good product. We got to support something like this here. Like Fred said, this team just won a chip, too. Come on, now. Look. Got to get and out no there excuse. and support. No. no excuse. And we we keep talking about that because remember, A-Dub, you and I, we pulled up to a couple games last year. We looked around. We like, this is fun. Why ain't more people at the stands? For real, man. And it was. We had a lot of fun, prayers, you and I, man. We're just sitting there chilling, enjoying the whole scenery, man, taking it all in while these ladies on the court going hard. I mean, they going all out to try to get a win. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. But I don't know, man. I just, uh, when I think about that, you bring up Candace Parker's day. And, I mean, she was just a godsend that the fact that she wanted to come home, everything aligned, she brought that championship DNA here to this team, and then they went in the first year that she was here, right? Right. But you got to look at this woman's career. She's always been on winning programs from the time that she was in high school, when she went to Tennessee and played under Pat Summit. Yep. She comes from that DNA. And the fact that we are fortunate enough to see that here, we got to really truly appreciate greatness while it's still here. Yeah, Perez, I'm glad you brought that up, man. We got to definitely appreciate that kind of greatness, man, from Candace Parker. It's not just about her playing on the court, Perez. It's like you say, it's the, it's the intangibles too, man. The leadership, all those different qualities that she has. And it just shows what kind of person she really is. You see all the time with D-Wade and Shaq on TNT. She, she's around champions-type people, you know what I'm saying? People who won championships. So it's like she has that whole mindset, man, and, and she knows how to get it. So... A lady like that, we got to continue to support and salute going forward while we can. 
Yeah, because, listen, I always call her the real CP3. That's no disrespect to Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a hell of a ball player. Right. But I say Candace Parker deserve her her flowers, so call her CP3. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> she a bad motherfucker, boy. She is a bad motherfucker. And this is the thing. Not only is she an ambassador for women's sports, I think she's a ba- an ambassador for basketball altogether. When you yes. see her on those broadcasts, man, when she's out there, I mean, when she's up there on those on the, on, on the podium talking sports, her composure, the way she comes across, that girl, she she has so much confidence. I love that shit. She shows you that she belongs in any room she's in. Yes, she does, Prez. Her knowledge, her skills. I mean, she's she's one of a kind, man. And I'm glad how she speaks out for women in general, Prez. But you're right, man. She has opened up a lot of doors for women. And I'm proud of her, man. That's a lady that you all got to say, you know what? Hey, she is the one. She, if you, I mean, you missed before. We had a conversation about who's the face of the WNBA. And her name came up, right? Look, it's for a reason. This lady has held it down. And the fact that she's actually trying to bring a lot more diversity to the field and to, to that in those industries, you got to definitely take that into consideration as well. Oh, facts there, you know, facts there. Well, I guess the last piece that I wanted to say on this, man, before we get out of here is just, I just implore people here in Chicago locally, hey, if you can afford it, pick up a season ticket package here for the Chicago Sky. If not, Try to go to as many games as possible. You know what I mean? If you can't go to the games, tune in on TV. You know, but there's no reason why we don't give this team the support that they deserve. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to preach to people, but I think we got a championship team here in this city. We're Chicago. We're supposed to embrace our winners. And I love what we did down the stretch for this team, but let's keep that same energy going into the season. Absolutely. I'm with you 100%, Chris. Let's keep that same energy there. Support these ladies. Yes, sir. All right, A-Dub, final segment time, If This City Could Talk. We'll keep it short and simple today. We had some really disturbing news that came out about Dwayne Haskins. And just so young, 24-year-old guy, no longer here, father, husband, son, brother, you guys get it. But I want us to really start to live our lives in a sense that we realize that tomorrow's not promised. This is somebody that just yesterday posted on Instagram, smiling, was living his best life. Today, no longer here. We have to take advantage of our opportunities in this world, live life to its fullest, no excuses, no regrets. So if this city could talk, it says take lessons like this. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you've lived your life to its fullest capabilities, then listen, this message isn't for you. But if there's something in your life that you've always said you want to do this or you wish that you were there, this or that, well, do it. There's nothing like the present. Don't wait and put off things because that time may never come. Wow, that is powerful there, Prince. Man, I like that, bro. You're right, man. Living life. I hear all the time people talking about trying to survive. No, forget surviving. Let's live. Let's mm-hmm. have fun. Let's enjoy being here, man. Let's enjoy each other's presence. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Perez. And that's something that we all got to cherish moving forward, man. Let's not waste time. If this city can talk, I'm going to keep my eyes short and sweet as well. Hey, baseball season is back. <laughs> I said it before. I'm happy, Perez, itself. These games are being played and glad to see it back in Chicago. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the White Sox are going to do going forward. I think they're going to be a great team to watch. The Cubs are going to be an exciting team to watch as well. You know, they're not going to win as many games as the uh, White Sox. But I'm telling you right now, it's just good to have baseball season back after all that negotiation stuff that went on in the offseason. 
No, that's very much facts there. I'm really excited too, A-Dub. We're going to have to take in some games this season. I'll actually be out at the sale next Wednesday, so audience will be talking through that as well. But A-Dub, I'm, I'm excited for you, with you as well, man. Baseball, I love I just love sports in general. But, man, when baseball comes back, that's when you know summertime's on deck. Exactly. That's the key right there. Get out there to a nice ball game when the summer hit press, that sun's shining, you got your brew in your hand, whatever. Enjoying the food because I'm quite sure at the White Sox, them they got nice food. I we all know oh, that. Oh. Man, just enjoy that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. AW getting me already fired up for next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, audience. As always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform with the Chicago State of Mind. We appreciate you for listening, and we are out. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.